Canby New Life Foursquare Church welcomes you. We're located at 2350 Southeast Territorial Road, just off Highway 99E. We hope the following message will be a blessing to you. Man, I love James. I love James. we got a great pastor, Pastor James. James, thank you for being a good friend, letting me yell at you from our office. We share offices, walls, and, uh, you know, sometimes I'm notorious for, rather than emailing the person, just yelling really loudly, because I know he hears me, and I'll be like, James, James, and they're back, I hear this little, like, what, you know, (laughs) anyway, well, it's good to be with you guys this morning, like uh, James said, my name is Pastor Spencer, and, um, Man, I'm just going to ask you, uh, I just need you to pray for me. I mean, I am, I'm just weirdly tired, and last night I was so hungry and so tired. I don't remember anything I said. I hope the Saturday night people got Jesus. I hope it's good. I mean, I even told them if they gave me a sandwich, I would stop preaching and just eat the sandwich right there. I wouldn't even done anything. I, I'm so stoked. It's always a, a, a opportunity I relish to be able to bring the word to our church, and I love our church, and it's really awesome to be able to... Mallory, what are you doing? Why are you there? You're so handsome. Stop it. Okay. So again, I uh, lead the uh, I co-lead the next gen department with Pastor CJ. Next gen is everything from babies all the way to young adults, uh, and so I oversee the teenage and young adult portion of that, and CJ takes care of the rest. And well, I am just so stoked to continue on our uh, series on God on the Move, and my message today is called "The Beauty of Boldness." And why we need bold believers in our church today. And so, a lot of times we come to church and we're not really expecting anything. One of the things I always tell my young people is to elevate your expectations. When you walk through the doors of church, a lot of times I never think that God's going to do anything in my life because it's so, so part of my routine. And my challenge to you today is to be courageous. Expect God to do something miraculous and muster up some determination that you're actually going to meet and encounter God today. Amen? Amen. And, you know, the craziest thing could happen. Jesus could change your life forever. So let's wake up. I mean, I need this too because I'm like "Mm, sleepy. And we want to hear from the Lord today. So let's pray. God, would you just cause us to pause for just a moment and just to examine our hearts. Lord, this isn't just a throwaway prayer, but just to say something, Lord, would you make yourself real to us today? Father, fill us up with your Holy Spirit. We need you. God, just shake us out of this, um, this haze of an, and life of mediocrity. Lord, empower us to be brave, empower us to be bold, and not shrink away from the challenge of bringing our Lord to this world. Wake us up to the hope you hold, Jesus We all say together, amen and amen. Hey, just grab somebody next to you and just ask them, are you ready? Are you ready? Just, just, if you don't have anybody, just hug yourself. It's okay. And uh, I'm going to say, are you ready today? Because I'm going to read a gargantuan amount of scripture, not that that's bad, uh, but for me, it's, I, I, I struggled last night. I literally, at one point, uh, the name Caiaphas, I just read it and went, (laughs) because I didn't know how to pronounce it, like, Mid, I totally just spaced on how to do that. And so we're going to read uh, Acts chapter 4. And if you haven't been keeping up with our series, we're in the book of Acts. And if you don't know, the book of Acts is called Acts because it's Acts of the Apostles. And so far, Jesus has ascended into heaven, you know, and, you know, the 
disciples were, you know, just like staring up into sky, you know, and just being like, uh, you know, like, bye, Jesus, you know, I hope you find your dad. Um, and, you know, basically, uh, they <laughs> went and they started praying, Holy Spirit fell, wabam, they got empowered, uh, Peter and John went all, you know, full of the goods and went and healed the guy at the gate beautiful, uh, and then this is where we're at right now. And it says this in verse 4, And as they were speaking to the people, this is Peter and John, uh, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. Now, back in the day, this is really sexist. I'm sorry, ladies. They only counted the men. So that's even assuming that there's even more people than 5,000 that received the Lord that day, which is awesome. Uh, Verse 5. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, all those dudes, and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, Yo, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we're being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, By him, this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now check this out. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. You know what the Greek word for astonished what the meaning there is? Astonished. I mean, it was, they were just blown away. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. Amen and amen. Wow, there's a lot to unpack there. And there is so many little subtle nuances that we can learn from Peter and John's testimony and their boldness to share Christ. I mean, I read that story and I instantly think, man, that is so cool. There's so many things that are happening there. Do we see that today? Those kind of just impactful stories of boldness in the church. And I started thinking about it more and more. And, and I mean, man, people were getting saved. Jesus was being proclaimed. I mean, a guy got healed. I mean, all while these guys were getting arrested, those boys were crazy. So why aren't more stories like this happening today? You know, of just legendary boldness. And I think a big reason for that is both locally in our, in our maybe this community in the church and globally in the church is that I think the church is more comfortable with being safe and secure than being bold and courageous. And I want you just to think about that just for a second. Rather than having a heart of boldness and courage, we want a blanket of security and safety. Not that those things are bad. And, 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 and not that, the, and please hear me, I'm not saying that we're not bold people. Because I really think we're bold people. 
Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm notorious for going up to total strangers and just striking up conversation and talking to people. I mean, at one time we were out with a, at a birthday party and I was hungry. I didn't have any like money outside. I just I bought the meal for, for our friend and a bunch of people were eating. So I just went over there and started talking to them and started eating their food. It was perfect. Um, I mean, it just, that's how I just slithered into that, you know. Uh, but I want to tell you a story about just a legendary moment of boldness for me. And I was at Life Pacific College. Um, I think I'm like 19 at the time. And it's actually Halloween night. And I'm sitting in my, my quad, you know, and I have this, this like scraggly beard at the time because Kate was up in Oregon and I'm not looking to impress anybody, just Kate, what's up? And my friend Ronnie comes in and he's like, Ronnie, do you want to get some food? And I had just, uh, just downloaded Netflix on my, like the web player and they just had started streaming movies and I was like, streaming movies? Who's going to want to do that? And I was like, I'll stick to my discs, thank you. Uh, and uh, he's like, do you want to go get some food? And I'm like, yeah. And I know this is blasphemy. This is total blasphemy, forgive me, but we were a little sick of In-N-Out Burger, and we were like, we we had to go to option number two, and that was the mighty Chipotle. And I love Chipotle. I mean, Chipotle to me is like, it is like never not a good thing. I convince myself it's healthy, it's great. So we're going down to Chipotle, it's Halloween, and as we're walking up, we park like way in the boonies, and as we're going, uh, these two girls walk out, I mean, they're probably college-age girls, and they're wearing a tinfoil outfits. We're like, why are they doing that? That's so weird. And then they're like, guys, 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 do you know that if you wear a tinfoil outfit, Chipotle will give you a free burrito? And I was like, shut your mouth. What? And then they're like, yeah, here. And then they give us like the costumes and like I make like a helmet with an eye patch, which made no sense. Um, and then like Ronnie just wore like a tunic. I don't even know how he got that much tinfoil. Um, and so we go in there and then they're like, oh yeah, you guys heard that we're giving away free burritos if you wear tinfoil. We're like, mm-hmm. And I'm starting to, like, go down the list, you know. And, and these people at Chipotle, they know me really well. In fact, you know, every time, like, they're like, hey, you know guacamole's extra? I'm like, come on, put that on. You know me, you know. Uh, and we're going through, and they're just like, I'm like, oh, I can get double meat. I'm like, double meat that? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, double rice, double beans. And then we, like, you know, I'm like, double salsa, double corn. I'm like, double lettuce, lettuce, more lettuce, please. And then we get to the guac, and then she's like, you know, guac is... No, it's not. And I was like, I just cried. I was just like, (laughs) the guac is not extra today. Um, And I'm literally, you know, we get this burrito, and I end up with a baby-sized burrito, you know. I'm like walking out. It's like a newborn, you know. And I am so excited about this. I am so elated that I look at every single stranger I can see. The story has a point, by the way. Uh, I can look at every single stranger as I'm walking back to my car, and I'm like, guys, did you hear the news? And two guys are walking to Chipotle. I give them my tinfoil, like, eye patch helmet, and Ronnie gives them a tunic. And I'm, we're, we see, like, three more people. I run up to a family and scare the heck out of them because I'm like, hey! You know? uh, and Chipotle has free burritos if you wear tinfoil. And they're like, what? And I just literally am going, and I'm, I'm so excited to get back to my campus to tell everyone. And I'm like, guys, did you know? I'm like, brother, sister, did you hear the news? You know, like, they're like, what? I'm like, Jesus is risen? I'm like, yeah, but no. Uh, Chipotle's giving away free burritos. They're like, what? And I just start telling everyone I see, and I go to, like, every dorm. I'm, I'm like, I'm not exaggerating when I, when I say I must have told, like, 100 people. And I remember getting back to my dorm, and I remember feeling so, like, just like satisfied, you know, like I did a good deed today. And I'm sitting, amen, hallelujah. And I'm sitting there and, you know, we, you know, we, we all got together, all our friends, they brought back Chipotle. They in fact had to stop doing that because the 
so many people went that they started giving away a free taco, which I was like, that's terrible. What a shame. Um, and we broke tinfoil together, and it was good. And, um, and I was just feeling so good sitting in my room, um, feeling, feeling so great. And all of a sudden, I just felt the Lord speak this to me in just the, the just clearest way possible. He just said, man, you can be so bold about a burrito, but man, do you shrink away when you have the chance to share about me. And I think about that from time to time. And, it's, and it, I, I'll be the first to say that, yeah, I do struggle with being bold about what the Lord is doing in my life. I really do. And not because I'm worried about what people think about me, and not even just people that don't know Jesus, but even like, what if God's doing something really special in my life and somebody that even knows Jesus doesn't like that? I get really nervous about that. And... I think so often, you know, it's not, it's not that I don't love God. I do. I mean, God got a hold of my life as a young person, and he changed my life. He changed my heart, and, and he's made himself known to me over and over and over again. But when it comes to playing it safe, when it comes to my popularity, when, when I was at school or, or the way my friends view me, or as, as stupid as it is, is how I'm viewed on social media, I mean, that that's just shows you how ridiculous that can be. I just like to play it safe because I don't have to worry about my life getting messed up. And it's easy to play it safe. But church, our lives shouldn't be played safe, but rather lived boldly. Amen? Amen. And I don't want to be a church that plays it safe to you. I want to be a dangerous church. Not like, you know, like physically dangerous, but, but a, a church that just gets in the community and changes people's lives and, and it just gets in the messiness of people because that's what Jesus did. He didn't just stay in the synagogue. He was out. He was doing things. You know, and, and, and I, don't, I want to be a church that takes audacious risks to advance the kingdom. I mean, I mentioned this a few months ago. Ravi Zacharias, he's, a, he's an Indian dude, and he is one of the best apologetical speakers I know. And he said that the single greatest apologetical question that he wrestles with, and you're like, oh my gosh, what is this? I'm terrified, uh, is simply, why is it that I hear so many Christians talk about the transforming power of the Holy Spirit, yet I see so many Christians living untransformed lives? They don't look any different. They don't act any different. And I think a lot of that is because we'd rather be safe and secure than bold and courageous. And we worship almost our closed-off safeness. Because the enemy, and I'm not, a, I'm not a big, you know, the devil's going to get you, kids. Um, but the enemy would like nothing more than for Christians to be safe, secure, and comfortable. Because that kills the church. You know, C.S. Lewis in his screw tape letters, if you don't know uh, what the screw tape letters are about, it's about an elder demon writing letters to a younger demon on how to tempt uh, his assignment better. And it's just so weird and twisted. You know, they talk about the enemy and all his hideous light, and they're talking about God. Um, And you're like, what? And one of the things that he says is, uh, you know, hey, you're doing this all wrong because he's trying to make these drastic, crazy things. He's like, like, you know, the road to hell is the gentle curve that goes unnoticed. You keep him safe. You keep him comfortable. You don't let him go to church. You don't let him do things that get him out of his comfort zone because that's just going to lead him straight to hell. And you're just like, what? Evil. Um... But, of course, you know, there's nothing wrong with, of course, wanting to, you know, I want my family to be safe. I'm I'm not talking about that kind of safety. But 
when we're comfortable, we're not moving, we're not being challenged. When the church makes safe decisions or stays in safe places, the gospel isn't spread. I mean, Peter and John were the absolute definition of playing it unsafe. I mean, you look at the fact that, wow, they actually got arrested for what they were doing. You know, I mean, Peter played it safe when he was denying Jesus. I mean, you look, and and, and all of a sudden, you know, there's this key difference that happens in Peter. Because the last time we look, even if you look at uh, in the Gospels, before we get to Acts, Peter denies Christ. He literally denies Christ three times. The last time is that a little girl comes up to him and like, do you know Jesus? And he's like, get away from me, little girl. You know, um, and that's the last time we leave Peter. And then now all of a sudden, you know, here's this new Peter. It's like something happened. And, you know, all of a sudden he's, you know, bringing over 5,000 people to Christ. And he gets arrested and he's like, we can't stop. We won't stop. I mean, and he keeps singing Jesus. He keeps speaking Jesus. And he says, you know what? Even if you throw us in jail again, we're going to keep speaking Jesus. I mean, what changed in this guy? I mean, what happened in between, you know, Jesus ascending into heaven and this explosion of evangelistic Peter? Well, Peter got equipped and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And being filled with the Holy Spirit is a prerequisite to being bold. I mean, how can I have the courage to be bold? How can I have the courage for that? Man, just ask. God, fill me up with your Holy Spirit. Empower me. I'll never forget a time where I was just a, I was in the face of some, some intense hostility. And when I say hostility, it was hostile for me. It was like, why don't you like me? Um, and I just, I just really needed some, some help. And I just remember praying, God, favor, just help me. God, empower me to be bold and courageous. Talk to this person and, and, and sort this really uh, messy situation out. And what do you know? Empowered, filled, was able to speak into that. I mean, you look at, like, you know, who's the example of, we were to say, who's the example of boldness and strength and courage uh, in, the, in the Bible? We'd say, Joshua, Joshua. Yeah, that guy's, that guy's all courage, all strength. You know what's fascinating to me is if you open the first book, or first book, uh, first chapter of Joshua, Joshua is told by the Lord to be strong and courageous four times. And I think if Joshua was strong and courageous, God would say, hey, Joshua, you are strong and courageous. He wouldn't say, God, no, Joshua, come on, be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We all need courage. Even the titans of our, of our faith needed boldness and courage and the equipping of God. You know, and I think about, you know, the fact that the kind of church, you know, the kind of dangerous church that makes a footprint in the community that, that shakes up what we do, the kind of church that speaks Jesus no matter the cost, we don't like that kind of church. We like safety, we like security, we like rhythm, we like the same thing. And I think, and I'm just going to say this and please listen to this, I think so for so long, the governing attribute of, of just church in general has been fear. We operate out of fear more than we operate out of boldness. I mean, Christians are so afraid of everything. I mean, we fear our rights being taken away. I don't know how many times on Facebook they're like, well, Obama's Hitler and he's going to kill all the Christians tomorrow. You know, it's like, What? You know, I mean, things like, you know, we're so fearful of all of a sudden, like, oh, you know, now that they're banning prayer in public spaces, we're all just going to get annihilated tomorrow. You know, it's like, we're so, we fear everything. We fear our rights being taken away. We fear for the future. Our fear just permeates everything. We even fear Jesus coming back. I mean, think about that. I know so many Christians that are so scared of the end times. 
which is kind of funny because we're like, oh no, we're going to get persecuted. It's like, well, Peter and John were so stoked about the end times because that meant Jesus was coming back, amen? And then let's, I mean, it's this idea that we're just, we fear informs even our theology. I mean, we're, you know, and I, and I think it's so funny that we're so scared. We're like, we're being persecuted because I can't say Merry Christmas. I can't say Merry Christmas at the workplace. I'm persecution. I'm sorry. It's insanely disrespectful to cry persecution. And I've said this before, but when there are Christians who are actually being persecuted and dying for their faith, you know, in the Middle East, at the hands of ISIS, in China, in Africa, you're not being persecuted. You're being inconvenienced. I mean, you look at Peter and John. They didn't have any rights. <laughs> you know, they were actually persecuted. They actually got arrested. Christianity was essentially illegal in the Roman Empire. And man, they looked forward to the end times. I mean, they had stuff that happened. I mean, Peter was, was crucified. Paul got beheaded. I mean, John, you know, he got the worst of it. He died of old age on a nice island in the Mediterranean. I mean, it was awful. Patmos, man. Have you been there? It's like the size of this room. Um... And I'm just going to say this. We just need to ditch fear, church. Fear is a punk. And it has no place in our lives, amen? Amen. So let's adopt some boldness and not live our life in fear. I mean, Peter and John, they didn't have fear. And you look at what happened, gospel exploded. And I mean, you know, I think about why we struggle with boldness and especially with our faith. And I mean, I think I, I love... I look at my life, and I love the Lord, right? And I'm like, okay, so if I love the Lord, and I really do, I mean, like, God has had the most meaningful moments of my life or with him at the center, my, my relationship with my wife, uh, my job, you know, my, my, you know, teenage years. I mean, you just look at, like, my best friend, you know, you just look at how God's hand has just been over my life. He's provided for me over and over again. So why don't I love, if I love God so much, why is it so hard for me to be bold? I mean, I look at, if I'm, if I'm juxtaposing this, uh, you know, in a similar situation, I mean, I look at, like, who are, what, what things do I love the most in my life? You know, my wife, Kate, from my forever girl, come on. Um, you know, Ezra, he's cute. What's up? Chipotle. Okay, we'll take Chipotle. Uh, but, you know, like, I was just thinking about, like, you know, one time I was, you know, and I just think about how much I love Kate, right? And, and that always comes out when Kate's being inconvenienced in any kind of way. Um, I remember we were at our apartment, and she was working at Starbucks, you know, back in the glory days. And some, some homie just came in there. When I say homie, I mean, it was like probably a middle-aged dude who was getting a non-fat, no-whip white mocha. And he apparently was a jerk to Kate. And she was really distraught about it. And I just was like, oh, man, that stinks. I'm sorry. He was just being a total jerk. And she was like, yeah, I just really, just really messed with my day. And I was like, baby, I'm sorry. That really stinks. What's his name? You know, I mean, I just like, something like just like kind of clicked. You know, I went a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, if you know what I'm saying. And I was like, does he drive like a, you said he drives a truck? Truck, what color truck? You know, I mean, you just go, I was just ready to like get up in some business. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, same thing with like Ezra. I mean, like, I am not an aggressive person at all. And we were at the park, and Ezra loves dogs. He sees a dog, and he's like, dog, 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 dog. That's what he does, he's like dog mode. And so he starts walking toward him, and this dog just like, I don't know if it sees him or anything, but it barks at him. And all of a sudden, I'm just like, 
cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs start clicking in. And I literally, like, you know, step in front of Ezra, and this dog is just kind of, like, running, you know, kind of at an angle toward us, but not really. And I'm just like, I am like, go mode. This dog is going down. I'm ready to marinate, grill him, and eat him. You know? I mean, I'm just like, oh, get away. And luckily, he just was running past me. I mean, and sorry, I'm looking over at all the, like, audience right now, and all the women right now are like, why would you say that? It was about a dog. And all the men are like, dog's going down. (laughs) And it's just so funny to me that I I look at how just how much crazy love I have and and how if somebody were to come up to me and to say, you know what? I don't like, I don't like the way that you like your wife. I don't, I don't think you should like Kate. You know, it's just kind of weird. I don't get it. You know, or, or, you know, hey, the way that you love your son, you post about him too much on Instagram or something like that. You know what I would say? <laughs> I don't care. Who cares? I don't give, I don't even care what you think. That's, that's, just, I love them and it doesn't matter. Like, it wouldn't matter to me if somebody's like, I'm not going to be your friend anymore because you love your wife too much. I'd be like, fine. I mean, that's sad for you that you're missing out on me, but... <laughs> But then I look at my relationship with God, and it's totally different. Am I lying to myself that I don't actually love God as much as I say that I do? Because I really care about what people think about my relationship with the Lord. I'm hesitant to even post stuff on social media, like I was going to post a Facebook post about you know, what, what I'm feeling with the Lord. And you know what? I, I would love to be able to say, hey, you know what? I love the Lord. This is me. I'm sorry if you don't like it. I don't care. God, give me that strength and that boldness and that courage. Because you know what's really interesting is it's not that we're not bold as a church. Because you know what we're really bold about? And I'm going to give you a hint. What is the church really bold about? It's not Jesus. It's politics. I cringe at how quickly and easily that people, and people that go to the church, people that don't go to the church, everybody, will, how bold they can be about their political feelings and how not bold they can be about Jesus. You know, I mean, <laughs> with the fact that we're, we're bold about our rights more than we're bold about Jesus. When did that get so backwards? I mean, and here's the thing, it's easier to complain about our church or the church in general, like nationwide or worldwide or whatever, than it is to actually change the church or than it is to like actually change ourselves. Because, I mean, do, do we ever think that we have the audacity to think that you could actually change things? I mean, people listen, you know, people, you know, that, that whole idea of just like, man, it's easier to complain about everything than it is to actually change anything. Because that's safety, that's security, but that's not boldness, that's not courage. I mean, and it's, it's so much simpler for us to just whine about everything. But you look at what were Peter and John being bold about? What were Peter and John speaking out about? What were Peter and John so full of the Holy Spirit of that they spoke out about it? And let me just say this. So much of the Christian dialogue in the church and in our nation is about us complaining about the behavior of everyone else. We complain more about behavior rather than the awesomeness of Jesus. And when our message deviates from Jesus, our message becomes ineffective. 
if, if there's anything that you write down, if there's any truth that you want to walk away with today, it's this. Because it's essential to boldness. Because if we're going to be bold about anything, let's be bold about Jesus. And I'll go further. Our message falls on deaf ears when it's not about Jesus. It's a useless message. Because Jesus needs to be at the forefront of who we are, not controlling the behavior of everyone else. I mean, we get more upset that we just can't control behavior, which is totally backwards. Like, think about that for a second. And, and we always think that the, the solution is, is Christians in leadership and changing laws and changing rights and changing these things. But changing laws and, and all that doesn't matter. It's changing hearts that matter. And let me just say this. Imagine for a second if Peter and John's message, now really just picture this. Imagine if Peter and John's message sounded like most of the churches. You know, Rome and Jerusalem, man, those countries are just in the toilet. I mean, the standards are just, ever, you know, so low. I mean, Greeks are sleeping together before they're married. I mean, the government is going to take our swords. Watch out. I mean, Jesus told me to have one. It's literally my God-given right. I mean, homosexuality is everywhere. It's terrible. And a liberal Caesar in office? I just think about what kind of New Testament that we would have if the disciples spent more time complaining about the world than rather trying to bring it boldly to Jesus. I mean, you'll notice what their message was. What message do you have? What is your message that you're being bold about? Because if it's the wrong message, well, then we're just wasting time. And I think about, man, what kind of Bible would we have if the message wasn't about Jesus? Now, granted, there are things in there, yeah, we should speak out about injustice. Yeah, be bold about that. We should speak out about uh, things that are bad in the world. Yes, we should. But that always, Jesus is at the core of our message. I mean, I think we're so shocked and horrified around us when things change in the world. You know, like, I just, <laughs> I can't remember who I was talking to, but I was just like, things are changing. Like, yeah, yeah, and they're going to keep changing. Things are always changing. I mean, standards aren't the same. Yeah, laws and influence in America is changing. Yeah, I mean, things changed for the early church. It was legal, then it was made legal, then there was a great schism, then a reformation, then an awakening, and I guess the 80s were a great time to be a believer. Uh, but society's morals, the established powers, what kind of ministry or preaching works and doesn't work, and the general belief of people, they're always changing. But you know what never changes? Jesus. Jesus never changes. I mean, what does it say in our foyer? What's that verse out there? Yeah, Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if we're going to be bold about anything, let's be bold about that message. So speak, preach, and be bold about Jesus. I mean, what is the gospel? Is it you're a sinner and this world is terrible and shame on you for being a heathen, liberal, or struggling with sin? No! The gospel is that there's been made a way for us to have a relationship with God that comes through Jesus Christ. And when we come to him, all is forgiven. And when we make the gospel about our message, about anything other than Jesus, it's a useless message. 
The gospel isn't anti-tax. The gospel isn't pro-gun, anti-gun. The gospel isn't solely Republican or Democrat or feisty moderate. The gospel is Jesus. He is the hope of the world, and we do people a disservice when we're not being bold about him. Come on, church. I mean, this is what Peter and Sean are talking about. I mean, that's why I love their example, because that is the perfect example, being filled up with the Holy Spirit, making sure your message is about Jesus more than anything. I mean, a few months ago, I, was, I, I preached about speaking life versus speaking death. Man, can we be bold about speaking life into people? Man, can we be bold about uh, bringing healing to where there is none? We talk about hospitality here at this church. Man, there is nothing more inviting than, than a heart that's bold about hospitality. I mean, some people are like, but I'm an introvert. I'm like, yeah, no, it has to be so hard for you to be able to go talk to somebody, make them feel welcome. But I know that that means the world to you to do that. You know, I mean, we've got to be bold about the way that we live our life. I mean, I think about the rich young ruler and how when he came to Jesus, he just couldn't give away his wealth. And for us, it's easy to judge that story like, oh, you know, I would, of course, if Jesus told me to give everything away, I would. What about your popularity? What about your social standing? What about the way people view you? Can we be bold about that? I mean, you know, you think about sometimes whenever God is doing something powerful in your life, there's sometimes opposition. In fact, there's usually opposition. I mean, when, when you're being bold about stuff, expect that. Just expect it. I mean, I think so often we get so hung up on us trying to, to just have such an easy path and an easy walk, where I think so much is, is, you know, it's always people say it's always about the journey and not about the destination. I mean, what is God trying to teach you there? What is God trying to teach you through being bold? Because I think about just the, the opposition that can happen when we're being bold about Jesus. And I think sometimes it's scary to think about, man, what about my story? What about my testimony? I mean, I think how, how rarely I hear testimony from people about what Jesus is doing in their life because we're worried about celebrating even the little things. I mean, I remember, you know, I was, I was timid to tell a friend about something I felt like God was speaking to me because I was worried he was going to judge me because it sounded like a little weird. It's like a weird picture I got. Didn't share that. I think about all the times that, you know, I was called to sell everything I have and, and just try to devote my life to living for the Lord and people talk me out of it because I was worried that they were going to think I was weird. I mean, that intimidation, that fear, that, that just that opposition that can happen. And I think about that and sometimes I can seem so loud. But I love this verse in 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and as a sound mind. Amen. You know, I, I'd love to invite Shannon up because um, we're going to just do a, a quick response and full squad team, maybe, no. Um, and uh, what I want you guys just to think about is just um, really just two things. Is one, um, think about your testimony for a second, about what Jesus has done in your life. Because you look at, uh, I, I look at what happened in the lives of Peter and John and how they're, what were they being bold about? What Jesus had did in their lives. Can you think about what God has done in your life and can you be bold about that? I mean, can you share that with somebody? 
Can you just write out a story and just post that on your social media about, man, I love the Lord and I want to follow him the rest of my life here on earth. You know, that's what our, our friends did today, our family did today in the, in the baptism. They made a public declaration to say, man, I'm, I'm the Lord's forever and I'll follow him the rest of my life. That's what they did. And I, I just want to challenge you today. For one, is just to be bold about your testimony. Be bold about what God has done in your life. Speak that. Be bold about Jesus. Number two, be bold about your worship. You know, CJ and I went to a, a conference, and um, the speaker was really funny. Um, and uh, one of the things he was talking about was just gratitude and thanksgiving. And he said, you know, the Lord delights in our praise more than any offering that we could ever bring. More than the most valuable thing you could bring to the Lord. He de- de- delights in our praise more. And it says that in the word, it says, God inhabits the praises of his people. So you want to meet God? You want to experience God? Praise him. And what's so interesting is that I get timid even when I worship. I think about things like bullies of, in my life, like fatigue, hunger, lack of coffee. Uh, I, I'll get any excuse to not worship. But let's be bold about worshiping our God, amen? amen. I mean, and, and what's so funny, what's so funny is this happens to me all the time because I, I used to always go in the back when I worshiped because I was just, I, I just didn't want people to like look at me. I felt weird about it and I thought of every reason why I shouldn't, should be in the back versus being in the front. And I thought about how silly it is that I love to worship. I love to praise God. That's like where the Lord always speaks to me. And I always think about, I always go in the back. And that's where I'm just like raising my hands and going nuts and praising God. And I just, the Lord gave me just this little picture. It's so often, how ridiculous would it be to put your best troops in the back line and not in the front? We need bold worshipers, people that celebrate God. I mean, when was the last time that we were on our face just crying out for him because we needed him so desperately and so badly just to say, Lord, fill us up, God. We talk about boldness. We talk about the Holy Spirit. This is our moment, church. I, I also would feel remiss if I didn't extend an invitation. If today you don't know Jesus and you're here and you're like, man, everything you're saying sounds awesome, but I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm missing that. What, Jesus, tell, tell me about that. Um, please come talk to me. Come talk to Pastor Ron, you know. Um, come talk to anybody, you know. I mean, shoot, me and Mallory Gwynn will lead you to the Lord. Um, I mean, just come talk to somebody. Have the boldness to do that. We want to lead you to Jesus. Uh, but above all today, I'm just going to ask, I'm going to pray, and I'm just going to ask for just one song of boldness and courage uh, before we go, and then, and then Ron's going to share something I just really is in line with what we're talking about. So let's do this. Would you guys stand with me? And um, just <laughs> take a step of boldness just to, just to hold your hands out before the Lord. Or like, you know, like this, like this, like this. You know, whatever, you can do this, you know, what's up? No, don't do that. But just, just, just to say, Lord, we expect the miraculous, God. Lord, we are bold enough to ask, Lord, for you to be here, God, and to, to empower us, Lord. Uh, Father, we pray that we don't become numb to your presence, Lord, but we are bold enough to say, Lord, be here with us this morning and empower us to live lives boldly, God. Let us be bold in our praise. Let us be bold in our testimony. Let us be bold in our worship of you, God, because you are a good, good Father, Lord, and you delight in us. And Lord, we thank you for who you are and for what you've done, Lord. So just be with us as we sing this song to you, our God, and help us be bold. In your name we pray. Amen.
You can contact the church office Tuesday through Thursday from 9 to 5 and Fridays from 9 to 3 at 503-266-4444. Please visit us on the web anytime at canbefoursquare.com. Pastor Ron and others on New Life staff, along with occasional guest speakers, trust that the Holy Spirit will use the message to teach you, encourage you, and give you hope.